0: Hey everybody, welcome back to A Serving of Wisdom. This is episode two, and in the last few episodes we've talked about um, our origins as far as diets go and nutrition, how we got this uh, this method of uh, nutrient-dense eating, and uh, we also talked about kind of how society got to be where it is uh, when it comes to uh, nutrition as well, and some some studies that show that it's not the right direction and um, we kind of talked about our concerns about um, about that. Uh, my name is Rob and my co-host is Adelie, and what are we going to talk about today?
1: Yeah, Today we're going to start a little mini series on macronutrients. Macronutrients are proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. These compose a large part of our body in addition to micronutrients which are vitamins and minerals. And we're going to just focus on one of the macronutrients today, which will be carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are chemically made up of carbon and water. They are about 2% of our body, which is a pretty small percent compared to some of the other macronutrients that come in about 15 and 18% of our body. And as we talked about last week, 60% of our body is made up of water. So it's just a small part of our body that's made out of carbohydrates. There are a lot of foods though that fit into this kind of broad term of carbohydrates. though. those are any kind of starchy, fibrous, or sugary and sweet foods. These carbs have an important role in our body. They are fuel for our brain. They're a source of energy for our muscles. They help to regulate protein and fat. They're also a really good source of fiber, and this is a way to help with waste elimination and also they're a source of prebiotics, which is something that is undigestible for our body, but it's actually digestible for the bacteria that's found in our intestines. Carbs also help with uh, growing our body tissues and immune support, as well as lubricating our joints, along with those fats and proteins that are also found in our body. There are two different types of carbohydrates. They're simple and complex. And as it sounds, simple is something that's digested really quickly into our body. It's made of fruit, and sugar, and any kind of refined grains. Complex carbs, as it sounds, take more time for our body to process them. They are found in vegetables, legumes, and grains. These complex carbs also have other nutrients with them, including fiber, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, proteins, and fats, which is why they're more beneficial for us to be eating, because they're more nutrient-rich and a better source of energy. The simple carbohydrates are these quick sugars and refined grains that are stripped of their nutrients. This makes them actually kind of detrimental to the body because they're depleted. They deplete the body's own reserves of vitamins and minerals to even just process and digest these refined carbs. And the problem with the Western diet today is that it's just way too carb-heavy.
0: Right, and uh, and what's associated with that uh, carb-heavy? Western diet, uh, at least what's on the forefront of folks' minds when they consider it, is the diabetes, um, kind of this metabolic disease that's affecting a ton of people. Uh, I just want to kind of go into some details on diabetes here before we get started so that we can all uh, be on the same page uh, when we're talking about this in future episodes and, and you know kind of reinforce it for Adelie and I as well. Uh, so when you eat your food, uh, any food, so carbs, proteins, fats, all that jazz, it's often, uh, most of it's broken down into a simple sugar um, called glucose. And the glu- basically the glucose is used by your body for energy and all that other stuff that Adelie mentioned here earlier. Um, so many different functions in the body Uh, this kind of courses through your bloodstream and is used by your cells to do all the things that keep you alive and kicking Um, insulin is what's used to regulate that glucose in the bloodstream and so basically when the glucose in the bloodstream rises up to a certain level uh, your pancreas releases insulin to bring it back down Uh, and the way it brings the blood glucose down is that it pushes it, pushes it into your cells um, so that your bloodstream returns to a normal level and your cells can use that for energy or store it away if you have too much. Um, to keep levels of glucose from getting too low, your body actually signals you to eat and does so by releasing a little bit of glucose that it keeps stored in the liver. And um, then you get hungry and you start eating, and that raises your blood sugar again, and which requires insulin to reduce back down, and it just kind of uh, goes in a circle there uh, as, you, as you live. Um, so folks with diabetes, um, there's a few different types of diabetes. Basically, they either don't produce any insulin, so their blood sugar can just stay dangerously high. Or they don't produce enough insulin, so they're making some, but uh, it's just not enough to really deplete the bloodstream. Um, the, other, the other factor that could, could lead to diabetes, or the other definition of diabetes, is that your cells are actually resistant to insulin. Um, all three basically mean there's just too much glucose in the bloodstream, uh, too, much, um, too much blood sugar, or your blood sugar is too high. Uh, you've, I'm sure you've heard that of type 1 versus type 2 diabetes, uh, but let's touch on that just a little bit here. Uh, type 1 diabetes is the first case I mentioned where you just don't produce any insulin. And uh, this requires folks to use insulin injections to control their blood sugar. And uh, it commonly starts in people under the age of 20, uh, but it can affect people of any age. It's not It's not the most common type of diabetes. Um, but it's definitely uh, probably the most severe as far as uh, life-threatening and that kind of thing because having those dangerous glu- dangerously high glucose levels can, uh, can be no bueno. Uh, type 2 diabetes kind of covers the last two cases where you either don't produce enough insulin or your cells are insulin resistant. So when the insulin comes and signals your cells to start uptaking that glucose out of the bloodstream, they uh, they don't respond or they don't respond enough to the uh, to the insulin being sent uh, when they're when uh, so the type two is the most common type uh, that and, and also to you know to correlate with that it's the it's the type that can be prevented um, if it's not prevented both types of diabetes can lead to blindness uh, non traumatic amputations chronic kidney failure, and uh, just a whole bunch of badness. It's, it's not a good thing to have it all. Um, type 2 diabetes typically happens to people that are over 40 and are overweight, but uh, there are definitely cases where it's happening to thin folks as well, and um, uh, it's, it's sometimes referred to as adult-onset diabetes just because it doesn't really get started until you're, um, until you're older or uh, a little bit farther into life. Um, It can be managed by controlling your weight, um, watching your diet, and uh, a little bit by exercising regularly. Uh, Other folks with type 2 diabetes have to take a pill to help their body use insulin better. I think it's beta blockers, but I'll have to look that up and see what the specific pill is that contributes to that. Um, But they can also take uh, uh, insulin injections as well to just control that, uh, that blood sugar. So the insulin injection is just extra insulin, um, just more of it to really force your cells to to take the blood sugar out of the bloodstream so it, it gets normal again. Um, when a person has blood sugar that's high but not, not high enough to qualify as type 2 diabetes it's called pre-diabetes. Um, go figure. But uh, there's definitely a lot of people that, um, that fall under that uh, under that realm of diabetes. Um, Like Ali was mentioning earlier, with simple versus complex carbs, they can also be synonymous with uh, refined versus unrefined. And um, those kind of relate to what's called the glycemic index that you may have heard as well when diabetes comes up around the dinner table, like uh, I'm sure it does. But um, the glycemic index is basically how much a food um, affects the blood sugar. How much it raises the uh, the sugar it, the sugar level in your blood, or how much glucose is really being added. Um, the refined grains or the simple carbs that we mentioned here, they lose a lot of vitamins and minerals in processing, and digesting them actually takes up some of the nutrients that your body already has just to work them through and to and to uh, to get them out um, and, and to harvest the energy from them. Um, so. In essence, these are kind of empty calories uh, or even negative calories because they're taking uh, nutrients from you. And uh, they're commonly referred to as garbage with a C because uh, they're crap and they're carbs. Um, Basically, it's trash that uh, isn't the best for anyone to be eating um, for many reasons, but the one we're talking about here is still blood sugar. Uh, Essentially, these... These bad carbs or this carbage, it causes a blood sugar spike because it's digested so quickly that your bloodstream just fills with glucose um too fast it 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 just launches off the scales and it's hard for insulin to for it's hard for the body's insulin levels to bring that down um safely and and to a nice level um you know in time um this can lead to insulin resistance where your body uh, just kind of ignores it. That's the, uh, the main type 2 factor there. And um, this is also commonly related to allergies, obesity, um, addiction to different things, depression, behavior problems, and even learning disabilities can be related to uh, troubles with, uh, with bad carbs and um, with spiking your blood sugar like that. Uh, it kind of stresses your body and your immune system in general, and we'll get into immune system immune system uh, stresses here later in the episode. Um, so your pancreas is what's responsible for releasing that insulin, and um, it helps your body store the sugar and fat, and uh, and you know make it useful for energy. Um, when the body doesn't respond appropriately to insulin, that's when you start running into troubles. Uh, there are about 18.2 million Americans that have diabetes and of those 18.2 there are about 5.2 million that are unaware of the fact that they are affected by it. Um, so many people are living lives uh, eating this garbage you know, going on and on and not getting any better or not even taking any steps in the right direction. Um. To make matters worse and a little bit scarier, there are about forty-one million Americans that have pre-diabetes. So they're basically living lifestyles that that will lead to a diabetic lifestyle, to type two diabetes. You know, they're just bombarding their systems with uh, with simple carbs and spiking their blood sugar like mad. And, and
1: those those numbers are just they're it's out you know it's crazy it's outstanding the the high percentage of This disease that's prevalent in our society and what's that phrase that don't don't dig your grave with your own knife and fork it's just really showing how we have control over these things we can prevent these diseases by just managing what we're eating and being smart about what we're eating Uh, something also related to this is obesity obesity is actually more a result of a bad diet than inactivity people think that you know exercise and things like that are the most important and they do have you know high importance i'm not saying that but more important is actually what you're eating. Um, these high-calorie diets accumulate more health problems than just physical, acti- physical inactivity, alcohol, and smoking combined. So the diet just is a, a huge issue related to health problems in our society. Eating right and exercise are really important for weight loss, but it's m- and a conclusion that's been drawn lately is that it's more important to be managing what you're eating. That has a higher, higher priority over the other things in our life. Uh, and carbs, when they're processed, they go through our body into our intestines and into our bloodstream and in that process the liver stores that extra carbs as fatty acids. So when we consume way too many carbs than, than our body needs and can use, it just gets stores as fat. And when these are not consumed with proteins and fat, they don't keep us very full and so we just keep eating more and more carbs.
0: Right, and uh, and you'll keep eating carbs and you'll keep, you know, being hungry until uh, your body releases uh, this chemical called leptin. Uh, leptin is secreted by adipose tissue um, in your brain and it goes to your brain and essentially tells you to stop eating. It's saying that, you know, we've got enough, uh, we've got enough food, we've got enough glucose in our bloodstream and, um, and in doing so, it, it can induce weight loss uh, because it, it basically it stops you from eating. It, it suppresses the food intake or the amount that you're eating. There's a, uh, an interesting model organism study on a mutant mouse that's called OB-OB. Um, however you say that, maybe OB-OB, I'm not certain. But uh, to make a long story short, they the mouse itself doesn't generate any leptin, so it's just it just keeps eating and eating, um, voraciously there, and just gets huge quickly, two to three times the size of regular mice, and it just doesn't stop. Um, this is a bit different than the issue with humans, uh, because there aren't any humans that that. Don't make leptin. Everyone has leptin, but the problem is kind of similar to diabetes in that folks can develop what's called leptin resistance. Uh, this basically is a result of chronic overexposure to leptin. So when you keep eating and uh, you're eating a lot, uh, and your body's you know producing more and more leptin and and trying to get you to respond to it. Um, this, it's essentially screaming at you at this point to, you know, to stop eating and keep sending the signal. And this, this kind of wears things down and, and eventually leads to you just not being responsive to leptin at, at all or, or just at a minimal level. Um, it's thought that, or it's kind of known now at this point with a few different studies, that uh, the result of this leptin resistance is, is ultimately inflammation. Um, And that inflammation damages the part of your brain that receives the leptin signal, the uh, stop eating uh, signal there, and that part of your brain is called the hypothalamus. Um, The inflammation that that leads to this uh, can come from many different things um, in life, but the prime um, source of it is definitely from the gut microbiota, so the different uh, microbiology and bacteria living in your gut. And the overall diet is a result of the, di- or the overall diet itself leads to different bacteria and different microbiota. So um, those are kind of the prime sources of inflammation. And the kind of inflammation they induce is called systemic inflammation because it's affecting your, uh, your entire body. Um, there are a few different studies of kind of ancient cultures that eat in you know different ways there's the kitavan that eat a a diet that's very very high in carbohydrates up to 70 percent and that that culture actually has lower levels of leptin and a a virtual absence of diabetes and uh, western metabolic syndromes um, compared to you know compared to western cultures Uh, you know so they're eating you know massive amounts of carbs but their leptin is fine so it kind of goes to show that uh, counting your carbs and your calories and things like that might not be the best the best way to prevent obesity and to you know prevent health issues um, The people in these cultures they they aren't genetically superior um, basically they w- when they leave and they're introduced to a Western culture and diets and lifestyle they uh, they get fat and, and they get they get Western metabolic diseases very quickly just as quickly as we do um, so, it's just kind of a result of the type of carbs they're eating. And that's the, you know, they're eating those full, uh, like whole carbs, the, the, uh, the complex carbs, rather than the simple, refined carbage um, that spikes your blood sugar. Um, this kind of gets into uh, maintaining physical activity. So, so a lot, like Adelie mentioned, a lot of people think that, um, you know, physical activity plays a big part in being thin Um, it turns out that's a uh, more of a minor role Uh, at least it's a minor compared to the role that diet has on the overall amount of body fat uh, folks carry around Um, kind of on the flip side of the ketavan folks there's tribes like the Maasai that um, eat diets that are very high in saturated fats and kind of low in carbohydrates and, um, and they also have low levels of leptin and low chances of metabolic disorders. Um, this, this kind of further proves something that we'll definitely talk about later, which is, which is called the meat myth, which has to do with the idea that saturated fats are bad for you and all that stuff. Uh, it turns out they're definitely not, and we'll go into that in, um, in a lot of detail later. Uh, but again, these Maasai folks, when introduced to a Western culture, they uh, they go downhill just as quickly. Um, it's kind of proving that the food that we're eating um, in a Western diet is is not good, and the lifestyle that folks are living is leading and contributing to diabetes and um, and this badness that everyone is um, is dealing with later in life if they're not dealing with it, you know, at a young age. Um, this is this is dealt with by. Uh, replacing those refined grains with whole grains and, um, and all that jazz. Just eating healthy across the board um, will improve your, your diabetes if you have it and, uh, pre- and help prevent it if you don't, as well as do many other, um, many other cool things for you um, to make you be more healthy overall there. Uh, the main problem with this right now is kind of uh, that folks just don't know that this is the way um, this knowledge is out there uh, Isaac Asimov said that uh, science keeps gathering knowledge and it's doing it faster than humans are um, taking action or using their wisdom something along those lines it's a paraphrased by me uh, but let's get back into the um, the chronic inflammation that I mentioned earlier that leads to leptin resistance in your cells so this is kind of based off these new studies and things that show that obesity is related to low-grade systemic inflammation, and that's that inflammation that's across your whole body, so it's um, affecting the whole system. And um, that systemic inflammation starts in your gut um, with that microbiota that I was mentioning um, Essentially what, what happens when you get inflammation in the gut or a, an overabundance of um, bad microbacteria there is this increase in permeability. So um, nutrients and things can go through your intestinal walls easier than they, should, than they should be able to. So larger things can leak through. And one of these larger things that causes a ton of problems is LPS. Uh, these are lipopolysaccharides. Um, basically, these fill up your bloodstream uh, with toxins, so the same bloodstream carrying all that glucose and all the good things around your cells. Uh, these are toxins that shouldn't be there. They've essentially escaped from your, from your intestines, and it triggers a inflammatory response, so an immune response just trying to deal with it and get them out of there. And this immune response is what leads to, or it's what's synonymous with systemic inflammation. Or um, uh, you know, or inflammation throughout your whole body, which ultimately affects your uh, your hypothalamus and uh, reduces your cells' response to leptin. Um, carbohydrate density really can also play a factor here. So we talked about um, glycemic index in that some carbs are simple, some carbs are complex. And that kind of, that's kind of related to. How the carbs themselves are digested in the bloodstream. So the simple carbs, like I said a few times now, they spike it, and the complex carbs uh, are dealt with more gradually. So they they raise the bloodstream the the bloodstream glucose levels still, but um, at a at a rate that can be dealt with uh, by your by the insulin released by the pancreas. Uh, so essentially, not all carbs are equal. Um, Since carbs are stored in the cells, there are another way to kind of differentiate carbohydrates is cellular versus acellular. Now, for those of you that um, remember biology class back in school, the plant cell has a cell wall around it, and the animal cell is just kind of this uh, this blob of uh, of cell bits. Um, That cell wall is is composed of fiber and starch. And uh, so th- that represents kind of the, the, whole, ca- the whole carbs and the, the healthy, complex carbs, um, because that's, that's going to be your plants and your, uh, and your things like that. Um, and the max density of, of a plant cell or of a cellular carbohydrate is around 23% of carbohydrates. So that's the amount of carbs versus the amount of everything else in those cells uh, in that food. Um, if you compare that to acellular foodstuffs, and so acellular here is just a, another word for saying simple carbs, um, so we're talking about white flour and sugar-based foods, um, those can have a carb concentration um, you know, higher than anything that humans have, have ever eaten um, throughout our evolution. It can be you know, upwards of 70% of carbohydrates, so our, our bodies weren't made to, to eat that way. I mean, we can because they, they adapt and they, and they make it work, but it's leading to diabetes and it's leading to obesity and, and just overall um, bad health. Um, so the, the high levels of carb concentration, like those 70% uh, dense cellular, uh, acellular carbs, I'm sorry, uh, they lead to what's called SIBO, um, which is just an acronym for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And that is what leads to that um, permeability in the gut. It's called leaky gut, uh, like I mentioned, with the LPS coming through. Um, so that, infl- that LPS, again, gets into your bloodstream, and along with the glucose there. But since it's not just glucose, your body has to trigger an immune response to deal with it and get it out. And uh, that LPS um, ends up causing systemic inflammation, uh, which again, uh, inflames your hypothalamus up in the brain there. And, uh, when that's inflamed, your cells don't react to leptin the way they should. And when your cells aren't reacting to leptin, you're not getting that signal that you need to stop eating so, uh, you can become obese. Uh, you can start to gain weight, um, rather quickly. I, um, in... It's, a, uh, it's, it's been proven in a few different studies, but it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a fact that isn't popular to study because it, uh, most studies and schools of nutrition are funded by big corporations and by the government and folks that, uh, that don't profit off of us eating real food. They don't profit off of us knowing the right way to eat. Um, these are these are commonly referred to as the diet dictocrats. They're right. They're at the top of the uh, the top of the food chain there, uh, as far as you know, explaining what's right and what's good. And essentially, they've been lying because they make more money to lie, like many other industries. Um, and in summary, really, you just want to eat real food. You, um, what are I guess like what are some real foods that that folks should be turning to to prevent uh, to prevent this systemic inflammation and uh, overall leptin resistance slash obesity
1: right yeah there are some some carbs that are really good for us that we need to be eating more of the first one of those is just vegetables you know local organic in-season vegetables grow your own if you can uh, things like leafy green vegetables brassicas you know broccoli cauliflower brussels sprouts all those things that fit into that category you know you really can't go wrong eat as much as you can of those Next, you should you know eat some tubers and squash, things like that. Not not quite as much as the other ones, but you can have definitely have some of those. You know, sweet potatoes, plantains, pumpkins, the occasional potato. There's nothing wrong with that either. Also, fruit. Uh, don't don't drink fruit juice. Really, it's pretty much just straight sugar. And you know, Rob mentioned all the dangers of just the straight sugar like that and the simple the simple sugars. So if you do eat fruit, uh, it does have some fiber in it. So that's a an okay thing to have. And like you know, consume the skin with it. Uh, Another thing is just properly prepared grains and legumes and I say properly prepared because those grains and legumes if they aren't you know soaked or sprouted or fermented actually do some harm to your body when they go through your digestive tract they produce phytic acid which actually just takes some nutrients out of your body so it's another thing that it's not doing much good for you to be eating them if they're just going to be taking more nutrients out of your body.
0: Right, so we talked about fruit, but folks shouldn't be eating like a lot of fruit, right? Right, It still right. breaks down to to sugar. Uh, it still breaks down to like that that simple carb. Um, I mean, so it, I feel like uh, many times people can, many times people can you know think that they're healthy because they eat a bowl of fruit, and I mean they can, um, they can be misled in, into thinking that that's healthy for them, uh, but. In in reality, if you eat large helpings of fruit, you're spiking your blood sugar. You're you're going to you're going to get that same insulin resistance and uh, those same issues uh, with insulin and and potentially diabetes even. So I feel like, from what I've learned and seen, you definitely want to limit fruit um, or at the very least consume it with other, you know, properly prepared grains and, and whole whole carbs and things like that.
1: All right. That was a that was a good point to add
0: yeah uh and kind of uh why we're why we're talking about what we see other folks eating i uh um overheard uh mr bill burr's podcast here lately and he mentioned how uh it seems like uh you know people adults especially right they seem to eat like eight-year-olds when their parents aren't home <laughs> um throughout their whole life they're 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 acting like, you know, mom and dad aren't here, so they go they go to the donuts and, you know, finish them off or or open a bag of Doritos and, and kill it. Um, you know, they go when they go out to eat or when they go out to the bars, they're drinking and eating like they're uh they're drinking and eating like their children. Uh you know, with no real concern for what it does. Um almost I mean I can see on one level it's um it's nicer. It's it's easier to live in a in a I guess a lie or or to live in a kind of a, an illusion that the food that you're eating isn't going to affect you. And you know, oftentimes people say, you know, it's not affecting me now. Um, you know, YOLO, right? You only live, <laughs> you only live once. But uh, you know, eating like shit is going to lead to that one time you're living to be pretty brutal. Uh, you can run into some some serious health things and, and you can age really quickly. And, uh, you know, if, if you die sooner, there's a lot of, there's odds are there's a lot of people that are going to be sad about that. And, uh, you know, you would be sad about that as well because, uh, you know, living more life is probably better than living just a, uh, you know, a reckless life when it comes to nutrition and and diet.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's within our control to, to eat well and we have this, this knowledge available to us but people just kind of refuse to see it. Like the other day I overheard someone who was grabbing a pastry saying, oh you know life is short and in my head I was thinking like well it's going to be even shorter if you keep eating like that. Like people just don't even think about that. It's always that immediate gratification and that rush of dopamine to just you know get this sweet sweet treat to satisfy that and not even thinking about how this is affecting your body and the long-term effects of it.
0: Right. Like, we're not saying that the food isn't good. I mean, it's it's hard to argue with the tastiness of uh, of these bad carbs, with that good mouthfeel of, uh, you know, biting into a cheeseburger or, you know, something unhealthy. But what, what people kind of don't understand or they refuse to accept is that their body has to deal with that, and it's doing, like, long-term damage to them. Um, you know, it builds up over time, but, uh, it's long-term and, and it's serious and, you know, leading to things like blindness, I mean, amputation, like what the, (laughs) like, if, if you knew that, that, that were a, a thing, that that's a factor, like, I don't understand why it's hard for people to understand, you know, to, to change the way that they live. Um, you know, and seeing this and having read so much is kind of what, Uh, what's what got us to get a serving of wisdom started and uh, You know, it's definitely a platform that we're trying to use to to spread this knowledge and make it more common and maybe um, You know dilute it down so people can uh, take it in bits and really, you know, apply it to life Uh, I know today. I kind of blasted it out to my whole office uh, just kind of letting people know um, where we are here and and uh, kind of what we're talking about. So shout out to the office there. You guys should definitely um, send in emails and all that jazz and uh, interact with us here. I'd love to to hear more about it and work with people that, that we know. I mean, it really comes. I feel like it really comes from a um, it comes from the heart or it's a it's more of a caring action in speaking to people about their diet. But it can it can come off a little rough.
1: Right, because essentially all we, all we want to do is help make the people around us more healthy and, you know, not see the people suffer from these diseases or, you know, any of these other bad things we've mentioned. So it's really just trying to help out, you know?
0: Yeah, and uh, a similar or I guess a, a common thing or a, a piece that I feel like I always want to help out with, uh, as, as condescending or patronizing as that sounds like, is breakfast. People are doing breakfast uh, all wrong. Uh, right.
1: Breakfast is, you know, toast, cereal, oatmeal, fruit, fruit juice, which is just everything I named was a carb, a simple carb.
0: So they're basically waking up in the morning and just spiking their blood sugar right from the get-go uh, with just sugar and badness. I mean, right right at the beginning, your body's not even getting a chance uh, to, to work and digest the other things that you've had uh, when you could have and you could be feeding it with, um, you know, some protein or, or fat or, you know, just something healthier for you. Uh, there was a, a Swedish study that actually correlates the um, the foods that you eat um, with uh, cognitive performance. And it found that, you know, folks had lower cognitive performance when they were eating a high-carb breakfast. Um rather than a, uh, a high-protein breakfast. Um, this is kind of scary when you consider how high uh, in carbohydrates most people's breakfast is. And, I mean, if you want to just be selfish about nutrition and about diets, I mean, you want to be smarter. Uh, if you, I mean, this is actually a study telling you that you cannot perform at the same cognitive level when you eat a high-carb breakfast As the level that you could reach if you're eating a um, you know a high protein high fat type of breakfast Um, that uh, that blood sugar spike that comes with those high carbs can you know can lead to you being um, less full right and uh, and I think that's probably a result of the leptin resistance and that leptin being uh, less effective because you're spiking your blood sugar over and over I don't know. There's a lot to rant about when it comes to when it comes to you know watching the way other people eat, and um, it, we're kind of figuring out the best way to really uh, relay this information, um, you know, with love uh, and with care that uh, you know we want folks to be healthier, in that we're not, I guess, judging to to belittle uh, to belittle people and their decisions, but we're judging to. Uh, you know, to help, I guess. Yeah. Uh I don't know. Um what's some advice for for people to to take into tomorrow and to just uh to try and do better?
1: Yeah, well the first one just you know, eat eggs and bacon for breakfast. Don't don't mess around with any of that carb stuff for breakfast. Just those simple carbs. A good hearty meal of, you know, eggs and bacon, you really can't go wrong. Well, uh,
0: but uh it's not just uh any bacon, right? True, you true. <laughs> There's a lot of bacon substitutes and bacon things out there that you can buy. And you really want to find um, actual pork bacon, um, you know, with no nitrates and preferably uh, some kind of like organic or field-raised hogs. Um, you want that really fatty, saturated bacon, um, you know, that, that goodness. Uh, oftentimes people can substitute other bacon things and... Um, And it can mislead them and uh and kind of lead them down the wrong path there
1: right yeah so you have to be really selective about what you eat you can't just eat eat any old thing and think that that's all right uh so you have to really know where your food is coming from so you have to also want to limit the carb intake you're eating you know we're eating way too many carbohydrates in our diet now so we really want to try to bring it down to you know less than 30 percent of our diet is made up of carbohydrates And then those carbohydrates that we do eat, think about what kinds they are. You know, focus on those vegetables. That's the the main thing you want to be eating. You can allow, you know, an occasional other thing in, but really focus on the vegetables and get rid of all that refined sugar. It's not doing you any good to be eating it, so just mix it all together. Then any of that refined sugar or grains. Um, you know, don't don't drink the fruit juices. Again, just pretty much sugar. That's all it is. And focus on those, you know, mostly non-starchy vegetables that are full of fiber and nutrients and actually are doing something beneficial for your body.
0: Right. So, uh, essentially it's still nutritional awareness is like the overall, I feel like, um, tip that we're trying to get people onto is just to be aware of what they're eating, to, to understand how their body is is functioning and, and using the fuel that you give it. Um, like we mentioned in the first episode, um, your your diet and what you eat is actually an investment in 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 your life, uh, in the longevity of your life, and in the uh, and in you know in the ability for you to uh, to enjoy it. Um, and uh, it's common for people to think about this kind of diet and start thinking, oh well, then I can't eat. Pizza. I can't eat sandwiches and and you know all these delicious carby things, and uh, on oh, one but hand, we've
1: found a solution. <laughs> right, right.
0: On one hand, it's it's definitely true you can't and you shouldn't be eating that crap, but um, like Adelie says, we definitely have a solution uh, for everyone that we have been um, we've been relying on pretty heavily.
1: Right. So there's this amazing dough that you can create out of it's mozzarella cheese and almond flour and cream cheese and an egg and all of that combined together creates a dough that's believable as, you know, any kind of grain-based dough. And so this, you know, you you melt the cheese and mix it with the things. We'll provide the recipe on the, on the website so you can get the full ratios of everything that you need. But you melt it all together and mix it up and it comes to the consistency of a dough and you can flatten it out and make a pizza out of it, which we actually, you know, just ate Thirty minutes ago for dinner, which was delicious, and you can also turn it into hamburger buns for a delicious hamburger. You can roll it out flat to make a tortilla. It's pretty versatile.
0: Yeah, you're basically eating a sandwich encased in mozzarella cheese. Uh, if that doesn't sound good to you, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But it has um, a,
1: it has a texture of bread. It's kind of crazy how it how it works like that.
0: Yeah, it definitely does have a breadiness to it that that scratches that itch and. And, uh, you know, makes it feel like we're really having pizza. Um, And the upside, the good news is that it's it's good for you. It's not going to be spiking your blood sugar. It's not going to be contributing to all this crap and leptin resistance and obesity. Um, You know, it's going to reduce systemic inflammation. Uh, Cheese dough is good for you. Uh, essentially.
1: And good. And right. Good. It's, it's,
0: it's good to eat and it's good for you and uh, I'm probably going to have another piece of that pizza we made here as soon as we finish recording. Um, I guess uh, that that's probably wraps it up here for this week's episode. We're going to dive into either proteins or fats next week right. and uh, to kind of wrap up this, this uh, mini-series on the macronutrients. Uh, please do reach out to us at a serving of wisdom at uh, at gmail.com and let us know kind of what you think about the what what you think about the show and if you have any comments or questions about nutrition or health issues. Uh, we'd love to have some listener thoughts to uh, to dive into and to talk about here on the cast. And um, if you have any kind of recipe or comfort food that you're worried about missing on this nutrient-dense diet, please let us know, and uh, and we'd be happy to, to do some research and, and talk about alternatives, um, you know, healthy alternatives for you. Um, the blog is at aservingofwisdom.wordpress.com.
1: Yeah, you'll find that the full recipe for that cheese dough on there, as well as some recipes that we featured from the first couple episodes. We have a white chili and also a cauliflower macaroni and cheese. So those are some great go-to recipes that are you know healthy for you in this nutrient-dense diet that you're looking for. And if you want to hear any of those past podcasts that Rob mentioned, you also want to check us out on SoundCloud at It's just a serving of wisdom. On SoundCloud, and you can listen right. to our past episodes as well.
0: We're working on the iTunes thing. We're working on getting up there uh, to be official. We're waiting on a uh, on logo design. Uh, we'll, so we'll get there eventually. But for now, uh, SoundCloud is the place to find us. And we've got a Twitter going as well. It's at Serving of Wisdom. Um, kind of on the low key side there, but we're gonna get it rolling. I I promise. Uh, that's it for the week, guys. Um, uh, be nutritionally aware and uh and we'll talk to you next week
1: bye